atomic gigantification was a sweep in Japan nation when along came a dude with an ultra attitude, a common Morado, the greatest kicker of Japan. And of all, man, last you short now, baby. To not talk big now, baby. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Kaiju Conversation Live. I'm your host, Elijah. And joining me today is a very special guest, somebody who I've been excited to bring on ever since uh, the announcement was officially made that something in the works was officially happening. So without further ado, allow me to introduce Mac from Titanic Creations. How are you doing today, Mac? Good, good. How are you? I'm so far so good. StreamYard uh, finally let me uh, start the stream, so things are even better now. (laughs) Right, that's... So it's great. Uh, yeah, uh, excited to be here to talk about all things obscure giant monsters for the next hour or so. <laughs> so that actually leads into to one of my most, I've always been curious about this. What is it about obscure monsters that draws you towards them? Um, I think really what we found when trying to start our business, and we started originally with original kaiju, and then we kind of pivoted eventually to doing these obscure ones like Gorgo here. Um, really what we found is that there's an oversaturation of Godzilla toys. There's a lot of people who make Godzilla toys. It's not hard to find basically any version of Godzilla in a really high quality figure in a lot of ways. But when you talk about Gorgo, right, before we made our six-inch Gorgo figure, right, there was not a standardized release of that figure anywhere to be fine found. There were model kits, but a lot of these things are, you know, 50 years old and no one's going to be able to do it. And then, so we were able to find an area and then we were able to put it up and we grew that, that first kicks, I mean, Kickstarter esque campaign did over a thousand orders, which was phenomenal. And really it just strengthened our resolve that there is a place and an interest for these figures for for films that are drastically underappreciated in the era. Gotcha. So real quick in the chat, we've got Eric Stolp. Hello, hello, hello. And then we got uh, Nick over at the Monster Report. Hello. Eric brings up that the Gorgo in frame is looking very impressive. He's a big boy. Now that's... One of my favorite things we've made. That's the stat, the 30 centimeter, right? Uh, yep. So basically just like your standard X plus type figure. Gotcha. So with that little brief introduction into the, the world of Titanic creations and, and talking about Gorgo there, that leads to the biggest question is why we're here. Where did this all start for getting younger uh, into the, into the line of figures? Um, so really what happened is we were finishing Gorgo and we didn't have another license picked out at that point. Um, so then we asked people on Twitter if anyone could help us hunt down the licensors to any of these people. Um, and then actually I believe you reached out directly to us about how you knew this group of individuals in Korea who had previously done something with young Gary and was at least connected in that space. And then we were, through you, we were able to connect with them. And then through them, they led us to the Korean Film Archive, who is the um, agent to direct us to the actual licensor and get the deal done 
Gotcha. So, as, as from my understanding, um, prior to Young Gary, you were also trying to get stuff like Reptilicus and the Giant Claw, which my understanding didn't pan out too well between owners and whatnot. Um, so yeah, Reptilicus was one that we wanted to do. Didn't really work out the way we wanted to, just because of issues with the licensure. Um, the Giant Claw, it's really just a we would need a lot more orders than a thousand to justify paying for, you know, the license fee that Sony wants to start a contract with anyone. So that's, that's, I, I would say the giant claw is hopefully a 2025, 2026 thing we do. Hmm. Reptilicus really just due to also the fact that there's Reptirosaur, which is a public domain version of Reptilicus. It makes it very hard to want to work with the Reptilicus licensor when it's, I understand it would be a very difficult relationship. So that's kind of where those ones stand right now. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. Now for young Gary, I know a lot of people um, have been thinking about with, with the Gorgo license, you guys did, of course, the articulated figure, which is beautiful. I've got one. It's, I, I love that thing. Um, you guys also did the plushie um, that Matt Frank designed, and you know, up next is that thirty centimeter. So, what are the plans for the Young Gary license? What what are you looking to merchandise there? Um, so, the base deal right now is just to do an articulated figure, and then we'll have to adjust from there. A lot of this is just due to the fact that the Korean Film Archive is who we are able to negotiate with. We're not negotiating directly with the um the licensor so it's harder to do like just pure royalty deals where it's like you get five percent of a sale so what we had to do is we had to say we're going to make this many we're going to do this exact thing and then we're gonna we'll just write you a check up front and we're good and so the next thing after that is we want to do hopefully a 30 centimeter just based upon kind of our release schedule plan but that also is dependent on the licensor wanting to, you know, continue to work with us afterwards. Gotcha. So that's kind of interesting because um, from my from my understanding of how like Japanese companies work, um, they kind of like to do it all in a bulk package deal. They like to make those agreements, you know, solidify the contract, establish it, and then kind of. After that, they they don't really want to negotiate until that contract's up, and then it's usually a yes or no to, to renewing it. So that's that's kind of interesting how how they handle that in Korea. Yeah. And I think a lot. I mean, this isn't even a Korean thing. It's just the people who own the license. This is like a family of people. It's not a business, and they don't want to be mm-hmm. going over you know Excel spreadsheets with sales numbers, you know, every other week. Right. That makes sense. So. On the articulated figure, um, from, from my understanding, we're, the plan is for you guys to do something similar to Gorgo, um, but I've also seen seen some hints that it's going to be a little bit different. So, what can you reveal so far about what the what the specs are on that articulated figure? Um, so yeah, it's going to follow a similar um, you know, articulation layout. A few joints will be different, but they're very similar, at least their base structure, right? You're talking about, you know, man and suit dinosaur 
kind of base pose. Um, but the biggest difference is we're going to try to do more add-ons this time. Last time we went up to 750. This time the goal is to go all the way to 1,000 on pre-orders so we can get seven total accessories. Right, so the funding goal will be at 300. And then every 100 afterwards, we'll add in a new item. So the biggest difference is we want to make it a much bigger release. It's going to the only, and the other figure spec thing that's going to be different is this. He's going to be a little bit taller than Gorgo, just because I know a few people wanted Gorgo to be a little bit taller, and it just ended up being a little bit shorter than I think how a few people had led him to be. Gotcha. So trying to think of a the question to ask because I I know to my understanding it's still kind of early on in development. I know, you know, you've shown off the beautiful Dope Pope uh, model, which I, I'd love to ask a couple questions on that. But I know you guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the plan is for a April Kickstarter-esque launch, right? Um, so, yeah, the Kickstarter, the plan is April 23rd. That's a Tuesday. Um, you'll see the 3D renders of the articulation probably end of March is the plan. And then about two weeks after that, we'll show off a prototype just so that everyone's, you know, sees a finished in-hand product of some kind beforehand. And going from there, really, the release schedule just depends on how quickly we hit our funding goals. A lot of times we can extend campaigns if we think we're still going to get where we want to go. But, like, if we get a 1,000 orders in a week, then it's probably a five-month turnaround May 4, especially this time of year. The problem with the 37-year wide take it a little longer is we launched it into this end of October and we were funded till December. So then we ran right into Chinese New Year. So then that backed us up six weeks. So that like it all just kind of depends on when you start production a lot of these. So April 23rd, you pre-order, expect it by October at the latest is kind of our general thought process. Gotcha. So out of curiosity, and I'm not sure if this is something you're able to entirely answer, um, but I know recently you did make a post about how that uh, Polkasari and Yungari uh, poll was the largest poll you guys had run. How is the audience reaction um, or consumer reaction so far to Yungari in contrast to Gorgo? Um, I think both of them are seeing good interest. It's very similar. I think it's like the, the number we always use is email signups as our baseline. It's very similar as to where we were because in comparison to Gorgo, we'd be about January. Well, because we launched Gorgo in March. So we're a little bit ahead I think on email signups, but also a lot of it does, I feel like was going to be a much larger release than Gorgo because we have a baseline of people who already bought from us before and understand the process. And it's also just going to be a unique item that's going to be different from Gorgo and it's a new country and monster. And you know, it really, it follows the same pattern of how the release for Gorgo went and why I feel like it'll be another good release for us. Okay, so how is that? I don't. I don't want to use the term pressure because I, I. I think that's the wrong term to use here. But 
as far as I'm aware, from my research, outside of maybe one or two things, the original Yungri has not seen any merchandise. So how does that really play into all of this for Titanic Creations and yourself for putting out the first, in a way, wider released figure? Um, I think this is saying that is stressful, right? Because there's nothing else to compare it against. So people always want it to be perfect and not just better than the previous iterations, right? Like, I think we've kind of fallen into this trap with SH Monster Arts, right? Where we always thought there'd be a gradual incline of quality, right? But that's just not how it's gone. We've kind of hit a peak. But when you're talking about doing the first of anything, right? The biggest thing is you have to feel like the team of people who are making that figure are competent, right? And that's one of the biggest things when we bring in Dope Hope. I think he's probably top two kaiju sculptors just around, period. And, I mean, the Saki releases of the X-Plus lines are always fantastic. But Dope Hope is clearly the best in the United States at creating them, doing them in high detail, adding details that most people miss when watching these films. And then they, and then we also have a great designer who I'm not allowed to name because they're under a non-compete who does articulation work. And that was really the biggest thing holding us back from doing this before is what we found is people really want high quality articulated figures. That's the, that's the selling point. People really love being able to pose them and doing joint work is incredibly hard. It's very easy to mess up. I mean, you have companies that are worth millions of dollars who mess this up every single, a lot of times, right? Hasbro still can't get it right all the time. So I think it's really just making sure that you deliver something that's quality, looks correct, and then anything after that is usually a bonus for us. Now, speaking of bonuses, and I don't know what you want to say yet, so I excuse me if this is a little early, what are your ideas for for bonuses on the release? Because that was something really big with the Gorgo release. You had a, a Big Ben, you had a tiny, you know, baby uh, Gorgo. You had the uh, Bassosphere. I guess it would technically be. You had the little jets, all right. that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I think the first thing it's really just trying to pick out iconic items from a film. Right, so with Young Gary, one thing we find is the big jet that he has holding a ton of the promotional material, really big one. He also had a lot of refinery things, right? And we always want to include buildings with these. It just it gives scale on the shelf, which is something I think is missing with a lot of other kaiju figures. So a refinery, the, the big plane. I mean, there's the helicopter scene at the very end of the film, which is, you know, pivotal. There's also a thought to do something that's more of a gag where we include a bag called itchy powder in it, right. To really, you know, have a little bit of a fun with it, but then, you know, there's simple stuff like tanks. The good thing about doing tanks is that it's a good add on that just always works. Same thing with the planes we did in Gorgo. It's just a good add on. It's not even have to be great, be specific to the movie, but it's a great thing to just have in a release. And then I think, the big one we want to push is probably doing a Korean pagoda. So kind of similar to Big Ben, similar shelf space, but, you know, a very uniquely Asian building. Mm-hmm. So uh, out of curiosity, um, I know for Gorgo, you had one of the goals that, that didn't get met was the alternative head with the, with the light gimmick, right? 
have you considered doing the because in some of the promotional material at one point for Yungri, the design was not going to have his iconic horn it was going to be hornless has that been something you've thought about including uh we thought about doing an alternate head i mean we did include the alternate head for gorga it was just a glow in the dark effect not a light up head right um the alternate head idea is interesting the problem with it is that it is the most expensive of anything we can do because it's a new mold altogether but yeah that's one thing another thing that i obviously missed is that you know he has to have the laser beam that comes out of his horn and then his, his fire his flamethrower breath out of a pipe in his mouth those are two that are but if we're probably going to do the laser horn it'll probably just be that the horn can be taken out and then you can have your you know the appeal of having the hornless design without having to make a whole nother head. That'd be really cool. I'd love that. So, and I'm sure this is still, you know, a, a whip, a work in progress. What's, uh, what can people expect for that, that price points for the articulated figure roughly? Um, so it's probably going to be right at nine, 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 just because it's a simple price. It keeps it easy on our books. Um, and also gives us enough room to add more on. So really, the more our our thought is the price. If you're just buying the figure itself, doesn't feel very great, but it incentivizes you to want to have other people order because by the end, if you have seven accessories, you have basically a whole another pack. Right? It makes sense why it's a hundred dollars. Gotcha, gotcha. So kind of talking, bouncing, jumping off of uh, the price point and and. All the, all the stuff that's going to be included. What is the figure going to be made out of? Is it going to be the same material of the Gorgo, or is it going to be different? Uh, so yeah, it'll be the same material as the Gorgo, the kind of harder PVC vinyl. Um, the reason we like doing the solid injection molding on these is because with like a Bandai movie monster series, they're hollow. So if they're exposed to heat or extreme temperatures, they're going to cave in on themselves and we find that these ones are the most durable the least likely if you you know have a child grab it and it will break and at the end of the day they are still toys and you should be able to touch them without being like oh god is this thing going to fall apart as soon as i touch it right gotcha so well i guess a good question here to ask um as we're talking about young goody uh, is what is your history with the character? Like, when did you first see the movie and, and whatnot? Um, so I think the first time I saw Young Gary was about probably 2014-ish is the first time I watched it, right? When I was kind of trying to expand upon my Godzilla fandom. Uh, really, the person who is the biggest fan in our company of Young Gary is Dopo. He has a very extensive history, especially as a you, you talked about it, how as a kid, you would see it on, you know, TV running through, you know, TNT movie monster hours and stuff. And how it was a very cult following for him. And I think that's something that I found more appealing about the film as I watched it more recently is it has this very kiddish charm to it, right? The, move, the monster dances, right? So it has that kind of shower era Godzilla funness. But at the same time, it still has a a serious enough undertone that you don't feel like you're watching a kid's film. But really my experience with it is more recent and kind of 
understanding how much deeper the kaiju genre is than just, you know, Godzilla, Ultraman, Gamera. Okay. Now, speaking of Dope Pope, how did he get involved with this project? Was it kind of a combination of the whole Gorgo thing and, and his love for it, or was there something more than that? Um, so I first started working at Dope Pope in 2018. He designed all of our original figures. He's the only first sculptor we've worked with as far as base sculpts. Um, but yeah, working with him kind of led us to this place and his brand recognition was a big starting point for us as a company saying, Hey, we're using this sculptor to make these toys. Um, and really the way it worked out is that we were just talking through like what we could potentially do after we released our last two um, original figures. And I was like, well, I kind of think about doing Gorgo because we've been thinking about trying to do expanded licensing. And then Dope was like, Oh, I've, I just have the sculpt. I just finished a week ago almost and so he got he came on worked out a deal with that and then kind of just going forward we we're like well that worked i don't think everyone wants to mess with the process that actually worked out so outside of just young gary talking about uh korean stuff another interesting license that people have been excited to see is your guys's polgasari action figure now as far as I'm aware, the way it works is Pogasari is not entirely a copyrighted character. There's a loophole, right? Well, I don't have a law degree. Um, here's what I do know is that Mondo released a figure of Pogasari. They did not get the rights for it. They just changed one letter in the name and then... I think they just kind of were like, who is actually going to enforce this? Which is, you know, a big issue when you talk about any of these. And from a legal standpoint, it's very hard to know if Younger even is copyrighted in North Korea because of their very non-existent copyright laws and how exactly it, who would even, you know, where would a lawsuit even occur if, you know, there was going to be one. And so really, our plan is to follow similar to what Mondo did. I think we want to punch up the design a little bit to make it more complete, right? Because the film was made in a very bizarre fashion, to say the least. Um, And we really want to make it our own take on the character that stays true to the original. But this... Like, one thing we're definitely going to do is we want to release one that's exactly like the film as far as colors. That's going to be a big thing. Um, but the design's going to be a little bit different. It'll clearly still be Pogosari, but it won't be exactly the same as the film. And then the name's probably going to be slightly different on the website as well. Okay. Now, speaking of uh, the colors and whatnot, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, from what I've seen, you guys are doing a reissue of Gorgo but with some different colors, correct? Uh, yeah, so this is the original Gorgo, kind of this dark green, very close to what you see in the film. And so the next one is going to be this lighter green. It's going to look much more like how he looks in the Ditko comic books that came out. Um, really, it's supposed to be comic book Gorgo is the selling point to it. And he's. it's also supposed to you know, make it a clear differentiation in releases because 
I think it's unfair for us to just, if we just reissued the same figure as I think part of the appeal is that it was a limited release that you had to get in on. And I, I respect that for people, but at the same time, I also am not someone who wants to just be supporting scalpers. Cause I mean, I don't know if anyone has looked on eBay to try to get one of these guys. They're like $300 now, which is crazy to me. And I'm like, I feel like I should have kept a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so that's the biggest thing is we're going to reissue them it's going to kind of look like uh the reptar in the background there of that lighter green much more comic book looking now have you thought about whenever you know after the initial run for young goody um doing a reissue is that something you would even be able to do with the agreement in, in place currently um the current agreement, we couldn't do a reissue, but the plan is basically what I've told us is that after we sell these ones, we want to come back and renegotiate more releases. And really, their issue isn't even us doing a certain number. It's just they don't have the capacity to verify our financial numbers, right? Because usually how this happens is there's a quarterly report that you have to send to a company to be like, hey, this is how many sales we did here's your payout based upon that and they just don't have the manpower to be able to go through and you know match back verify if the sales numbers are correct okay that makes sense so if you can't answer this that's fine what would you do anything different on a reissue would you do like a black and white variants um black and white variants always work out well um it would be a different paint app. It won't come with all the accessories. Those are kind of, and it would be cheaper, right? Those are the, the, that's basically our hallmarks of a reissue is it's just the figure. It's a different paint app. It's not going to be film accurate. And then it's not going to come with all the add-ons of the original release. So probably at some point, it just also, also if like, you know, I'm wrong and this thing flops and then it's probably not going to happen. Now, how has been the reception been for Youngerty, and how has that impacted the project? Um, I feel like it's been overall really positive, right? I mean, we post a picture on Instagram that gets 500 likes, I've been showing the figure, just teasing it out. That's a really good sign. Uh, Facebook, great numbers sharing there. Twitter, obviously, we have a lot of people. And I think a lot of it is that it's a new interesting project it creates new excitement and it makes people have to think about some something that they haven't thought about so it almost works in a way where we'll take this 60 year old property that most people aren't thinking about and we can reinvigorate it by releasing this figure and like a good example of this is we did the gorgo figure and then they reissue Gorgo in 4K. And those are not independent of each other. The 4K release 100% was a reflection of the fact that the increased popularity of Gorgo from the figure was why a company took a risk on doing that. So it's all just stacking mm-hmm. things and making sure that people are excited. They understand the film. Like we've got tons of comments from people who are like, I never even knew about this monster. I went back and watched it and I was 
it made me happy. It was great to see it. And all these things are always important because it grows the fandom and it gives people an extra layer of depth. And I think my scope of the reception is that we're in a good place where this is going to be a larger release than Gorgo. Awesome. So now on the 4K Gorgo set, I know there's uh they do credit you guys for like the artwork and whatnot. Is there any plans on doing some artwork for this release, um, like on the box and whatnot? Uh, yeah, so Matt Frank is going to be doing the box art. It's going to be same box, say at least not the exact same box, but the same layout of our box where you know you have the cityscape in the front and then you have the full monster picture on the back. That's going to be the generic, you know, design. And then the goal is that's going to be the exact same box box size. So if you have the Gorgo and then you get the Young Gary, they're going to match up and you can build a shelf kind of displaying them all. I like that. <laughs> um, so out of curiosity for uh, the Gorgo 30 centimeter, what kind of box is that going to come in? Um, so it's going to come in a slightly different box. It's going to be just a card window. Um, the reason we're doing this is just because a lot of, a lot more of these are their museum collector pieces. It's how we view them. So you don't want any sunlight hitting them unless someone wants them to. Um, it's the, I don't know if you guys follow Nick Shev on Instagram. He did the box art for it. Hopefully in the next few days, I'm going to have pictures of the actual box that I'll be able to show off. It's really great. It pays a lot of homage to like old trailers for these films, right? Like on one side it says this is the big one, <laughs> right? It's it's a very campy box. It's it's got great artwork. It looks about as good as anything I think we've put out. Okay, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Now talking on on Young Gary and and projects you're working on, is there any hope to do more South Korean uh, guamule as I've called them? That's uh, Korean for monster anything else outside of just yongri um as far as korea the two other i mean there's three so the first one is we want to do the other young gary the 1999 version problem is learned that it's actually two separate people who own the rights to the original and the new one so that's an issue um and then following the same person who made those ones is dragon wars which is a movie I really enjoyed. I don't think anyone else enjoyed it because, wow, that was, I mean, what, 2008? We were, I was really desperate for kaiju movies in 2008. <laughs> it was a rough time. Um, but, and then The Host is another really interesting one. Hasn't had any figures. But mm-hmm. a lot of these are also, you're getting into, you know, the 2000s, which is good and it's a good period and it's always great. But, a large portion of what we focus on is nostalgia, right? And our average customer is over the age of 35, right? So a lot of times you want stuff that appeals to them when they were kids. And as I say, I'm not going to do it. It just kind of where right. I realize our bread and butter is that 60s to 80s kind of period right now. So, okay. Out of curiosity, for young Gary, uh young i guess that one's more young gary with the two g's um would you also try to do psychor the 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 um, opponent monster right i think if we're going to do it we'll just do both of them 
right? Because doing another young Gary, it's going to be hard to differentiate, even if there's the double G, right? So, but if you could do two figures together, right, it creates a very compelling package, mm-hmm. right? And it also gives us the opportunity that we might not even have to do a thousand orders. We might do a 500 piece release just because it'll, that film seems to have people who really like it and really do not like it. Right. But, I'm I'm on the side then, that loves it. Right. It's some people are all about it. And then I see other people like, this is the worst thing I ever watched. I'm like strong opinions out there. <laughs> we do have a question here for you. Uh any interest on doing GAPA? So GAPA was supposed to be the release after Gorgo. We thought it was gonna get done. And then Nikatsu who is the licensor, they kind of went cold on us. Not because of anything bad that happened in the relationship. They just, they don't do toy license. It's not a thing they've ever done because they make romantic comedies now. That's like their entire business. (laughs) And so really, I think it was just a lot for them to process. And we're still in talks with them to get it done. It's just trying to, you know, get it across the finish line. And I really want to do Gaffa because we'd want to do the father, the mother, and the baby, all three of them. And then you have the little statue. And it would be a really fun release. And it also would let us do wings, which is another thing, and having a flight stand, which is, these are challenges, but it's always fun to, you know, push yourself to do more exciting things. So if slash when Gappa does come out, that would mean you've got two uh kaiju from the year 1967 out of the five films that have come out so i know there's some licensing issues from my understanding but would gulala be another one that you would be at least interested in uh yes this is we're talking about the monster x from outer space right yes yes right yeah so this is one i really want to do it's one of my favorite monsters i've I've ever ran into. I remember we were going to G Fest, that'd be either 2008 or 2009, and they play Monster X Strikes Back at the mm-hmm. G8 Summit. An absolute hilarious film. And I loved every second of it. And then, you know, it was just such a fun design, right? Because it has this big beak and it's got these big arms and he can't really bend his elbows at all. And then the other thing, is because it's, it's weird because that monster also shows up like in a Termex commercial, mm-hmm. it might have been a car commercial, I don't remember, but it's an absolutely fantastic design, and it also is like somehow unique enough that you would never picture it. But like, if you show it, you're like, oh, giant monster, yeah, of course, that's what a alien giant monster looks like. All right, so I know for Gorgo, you guys have talked about the upcoming graphic novel uh, and have talked a a little bit about an animated uh, feature with with Gorgo. Is that something you would want to try and expand the Yungari license out into? Uh, Yeah, I think as far as that, it really just depends on how well the Gorgo comic does. Right, just because the stress of doing comics is hard, 
than toys because for a toy to be successful, you have to sell a thousand of them. For a book to be successful, you have to sell 10,000 of them, right? Because I'm not, even we selling direct to someone, they're $10 a piece is what the Gorgotonk's going to be. And, you know, we spend significant money on artists to make sure it looks good on the inside. And it just, it's hard to get to a level with comics right now, especially because people don't read anymore. The general issue is people don't read. We want to watch films and do all that. And we would love if we could find a way to do animated films, but a lot of that is just money and finding talented people who want to work for not a lot of money until the back end of it, which is not something we want to do to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I guess switching gears a little bit here to to Pogasari, is that going to be about the same process as Yungri and Gorga when it comes to, you know, the size, the bonus stuff on it and and whatnot? Uh, Yeah, the plan is to do the exact same thing we find Personally, I find it to be the best way to get these figures made just because it incentivizes people sharing and talking about it, right? Because if if you buy something, it's a solo adventure, right? That's great for you. It brings you joy. But if you're having to go tell your friends and then you come back and you check over and over again, I know some people with Gorgo, when we were trying to get Big Ben, they were like, every day would come back to the site and be like, oh, we're 10 away. And then they would post about it. And that's that stuff drives so much engagement. And it's so much more exciting. And it makes it more enjoyable on my end. It makes it more enjoyable on the consumer's end. And all that. And then I think we want to keep it in the six-inch scale just because that's the standard mm-hmm. for kaiju figures. It's SHMS Arts, NECA. I guess Super 7 does eight inches now. But it's kind of also a very niche group of people who are buying those. Okay. So I guess the last question I really have before we'll we'll transition here is if there was one thing like if you were in front of everybody who's who's excited for this action figure and you had like one sentence to to sell them on it and guarantee what would that be It'll be the best figure you buy this year I love that That's a great answer I love that I have very high beliefs and what we're going to be able to do because Gorgo was a success and we hit a lot of things. We did a lot of things right. But the great part about Gorgo is that we were able to succeed and also make mistakes. And when you're able to make a few mistakes, it means that there's room to improve and that that learned experience makes it so I feel like we can really push the envelope and make Young Gary even more special in that I love that. Honestly, you might be right. I, I, coming from from my perspective, I'm like, I cannot wait to to pre-order Yungri that first day. I, I'm super excited to see what what you guys end up doing. I, whenever uh, I got the message because a friend of mine sent me the tweet. Um, I was, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was just kind of relaxing, probably working on something. And he sent me a message and he was like, you need to get on this now. And I'm like, what's he, what's he yelling at me for? And and I opened it up and it was, it was the tweet of, if anybody knows where to get this uh, contact information for these, you know, it'd be appreciated. And I was like, you know, 
I have a few I have a few ideas. So I was like, let me first see if, you know, they've reached out because, you know, the film was an AIP film and AIP owns it. So I was like MGM because MGM bought Orion and Orion bought AIP. So I was like, is it there? And of course, you know, you got you told me about how nope, not there. Koei doesn't have it. Um so I was like, you know, let me let me I've got a friend in Korea who who's worked with uh Yungri. He's got um some background and he's he's in the film industry there. I was like, let me let me see if something can happen because if there's there's a monster that deserves an action figure and you know, Gorka was amazing. So if 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 you know if any monster deserves an amazing action figure from Titanic Creations, it's gotta be the the first in air quotes there were some before Yungri, but he's he's the king of the Korean monsters. Like if you if you're talking right. Korean monsters, it's him or it's it's the host. It's one of the two. Um so it's like I gotta I gotta try and help if I can make this happen because it's it deserves it, it needs it, and if anybody's gotta do it, Titanic Creations, they gotta be the ones to do it. So I, for one, am really yeah. excited and can't wait. Yeah, and just speaking of that, I mean, so much of this is thanks to you and putting us in touch with the right people. Because, I mean, I don't think we would have ever gone down the rabbit hole you let us down if we didn't get told by you. And, I mean, it's it's a big deal. It really helped us a ton. And it lets us actually make another really great figure this year. And hopefully people see what happened here and, you know, watch this and realize that like, if they know information, I am always open to listening and trying to get something done because I just think it's, it's a real shame that a lot of these films have been out for 60 years and there's people who love these things and they just can't express their joy the same way they can with, you know, Godzilla figures. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. There's there's so many, especially, you know, the nineteen sixties, there's a whole there's a whole subgenre in the subgenre of just obscure monsters that, you know, some have, have never seen the light of day on on merchandise. So I I can't wait to see it. I can't wait. Um I'm wearing this it's a Yungari versus Polgasari. I can't wait to replicate that at the end of this year. That's going to be great. Right. Um, so thank you so much for, for coming on here and, and talking about uh, Yungri and Pulgasari and Gorgo and all the exciting stuff uh, that Titanic Creations has coming up. Um, however, I, I have to, I have to end on this. I got to let the viewers know where they can find you. So please take an, as much time as you need to link anything and everything. Um, so first place you can find me is our website, titaniccreations.com. Um, we're on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, that's Titanic Creations with one C, not two. If you put it in two, it leads to a bakery. Completely different. Um, same thing on Instagram and Facebook. Also bakeries, if you put two Cs. Don't know how that happened. Really unfortunate situation. Um, you can email us at titaniccreations at gmail.com. I'm usually much better 
at responding to emails on there than anywhere else if you need assistance with anything. Um, we're also on YouTube at Titanic Creations, and we're on TikTok as Titanic Creations. So I think we've covered almost every platform on I can be on. So yeah, be, but be looking out, especially a, a big thing with Young Gary coming out. We're going to be doing another video like we did with Gorgo. It's all animated and it's going to look fantastic. And it's also going to be two parts because we'll have the Young Gary part and then the Pulgasari part. And it'll be an ad that like plays together. It'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to how that turns out. But yeah, got to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all the things to be able to see all that. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for that video. That's going to be great. Um, and as for me, hello, I'm Elijah, and I have a kaiju and tokusatsu problem. Joking aside, I am Elijah Thomas. I am one of the rotating hosts for Monsters with Attitude. You can check us out on YouTube, where we do monthly live streams talking about kaiju entertainment. You can also head over to Facebook and join our Facebook group. It's a great place full of people to talk to. I'm also a writer. I've written for GodzillaMovies.com. And I have appeared in Kaiju Ramen Magazine. Currently, I write for Kaiju United, and my most recent article is a review on Godzilla Minus One. My writing has also been featured in the Rondo-nominated book, Giant Bug Cinema, A Monster Kid's Guide from Bear Manor Media, where I wrote about Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. I'm also a filmmaker and YouTuber. You can check out my stuff on my YouTube channel, ET13 Productions, where you can see some of my short films and older YouTube videos, along with a playlist that features all of my appearances on YouTube. I do plan on getting more videos out soon, so definitely stay tuned for that. I also appeared in a kaiju movie, a little-known film called Zillafoot from 2021. I made a brief cameo in the film as Skywatcher number 2. It's got a rating of 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb. So if you want to watch more kaiju you can buy the Blu-ray on srscinema.com or the DVD from any major online realtor. Or just watch it for free on Tubi with ads or on Prime. You can also check out my action figure photography on my Instagram at et13 underscore productions and my ex, the artist formerly known as Twitter. Thanks, Danny, at the same handle. And as for the podcasts... Don't forget to rate us on iTunes that boosts the ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't actually. That's a lie. I'm literally staring at a MacBook right now. But you can rate us on Spotify. If you want to stay up to date with all things Kaiju Conversation related, follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. If you don't have Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram or like us on Facebook at the same handle. If you're like me before podcasting and you don't have any social media, lucky you. You can email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You know the drill. And as always, we'll read your reviews on air for everyone to hear. We also have a Teespring store. We're probably going to have some original artwork on there pretty soon. Um, so stay tuned for that. But for now, you can sport our awesome logo on a T-shirt or maybe even a coffee mug. If you'd like to chat with us, check out our Discord server full of others that have similar interests to you. It's a great community full of great people. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you can be notified anytime we upload a video. 
We sometimes post exclusives to the channel, like bloopers for episodes or minisodes talking about news or other subjects. We also have an interview with Mechagodzilla designer Jared Kurchevsky on the channel. Definitely butchered his name. I am so sorry. And a huge thanks to Rex for editing all of these episodes and all the other content we upload. His links can be found in the description below. Along with Rex, we'd like to give a huge thanks and shout out to Danny DeMana of the Godzilla Novelization Project for his amazing vocals on our theme song. You can support him by following him on Twitter at Danzilla93 underscore GNP or visit his website GodzillaNovelizationProject.com. And a huge thanks to Grattan Conwell from the podcast Giant Monster BS for composing the music for our theme song. You can support him by following the podcast on Twitter at Giant Monster BS or on any podcast platform under the name Giant Monster BS. So wrap things up here. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. Thank you for uh, being in the comments section. Uh, thank you for anybody who listens to this afterwards on the VOD or the feed version. Uh, it's really much, it's really appreciated. Um, thank you, Mac, for agreeing to come on here. Uh, I, I cannot wait. Um, I, like unbiased, like I, I cannot wait for this as, as a fan of it. I'm so excited. I'm I'm so happy that you guys are doing the work you are. So thank you, and thank you to everybody again. And with that, we're going to wrap this up. So thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. And as always, please remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. We are set. We are in debt. There's nothing to sweat. Life's too short now, baby. Too now.